today to your support group podcast. Today, I have with me a very cool, down-to-earth person that I happen to meet on Facebook that has a business unlike any other that I ever heard of. And that business is called 48hourllc.com, in which she helps you to get your LLC within 48 hours. That lady is Miss Rosa M. Green. Hello, Rosa. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Doing good. Can't complain. Um, it's a little bit cloudy here in the great state of North Carolina, but hey, I can dig it. It's better than 110 degrees outside. <laughs> hey, or snow in my case. Yeah. Yep. So I want to find out a little bit more uh, about for everybody else, because I found out for myself, but for everybody else out there, I want to hear a little bit more about 48 hour LLC and how can one go by, uh, getting that done with you guys. Okay. Awesome. So 48 hour LLC is exactly what it sounds like in 48 hours after we have had a chance to have what's called a discovery session. We identify the needs of your business and within 48 hours, we execute them. So in most cases, I have individuals who come to me who are new or aspiring business owners who have vision on what it is they want their business to look like. However, uh, the paperwork, not so much. So I go and I take the information that they're sharing with me, their goals, their visions, their aspirations, and I turn it into a business by making sure that they have an EIN that they're filed appropriately in the state of their choice, uh, making sure that even if they need a basic logo, website, uh, social media presence, that those things are in place. And again, I work to execute those within 48 hours of us uh, coming to an agreement on exactly what the scope of work looks like. Uh, in addition to that, um, what I have found with working with these individuals who are growing their business, they're excited now, we got their vision done, their paperwork is in place, they are now a real true live business. But then they're like, so now what? What do I do? So I also offer an additional 90-day uh, Strong Start coaching program that they have the opportunity to enroll in. Um, each month I roll out a different group. Uh, that I work with. And it literally goes through your first steps of being a business owner. So setting your goals, identifying your branding, the company's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, the mindset behind business, identifying your target market, your customer base, uh, how to do all of the things that new business owners don't necessarily know how to do, but that can be utilized over and over again to see their business uh, get to a successful place. Wow. So you just basically geared them for success, period. I yes. love that. I love that. So how did 48 Hour LLC come about? Uh, I actually was, I have several other businesses, so I'm a serial entrepreneur, um, but I had a opportunity um, to be able to do some great things with some business owners over the course of the last 20 years. And it really just dawned on me that, hey, this is my passion. Um, some people, they have passion for children. They have passion for um, nonprofit work. Some people have passion for philanthropy. Um, and 
all these different other things. My passion is really around small business owners and making sure that they're successful, helping them to stay encouraged. And so at the turn of the year, I decided at the end of the year, looking at the things that I had accomplished and the things that really served in my uh, served in my passions, where could I be doing more? And that's where 48 Hour LLC uh, came in because one, I knew people who inquire about my services. They like to move quick. I like to move quick. So that 48 right. hour time frame definitely helped with that. And it's something that I can be able to talk about without coaching for hours and hours and hours about <laughs> the tools and tips to be able to support a small business owner. So it truly just made sense for me to create that company. And I've been rocking and rolling ever since. Awesome. Awesome. So you said you have other businesses. So how many businesses do you actually run at this time? Uh, let's call it three in addition to 48 Hour LLC. Okay. So I am in direct sales. I've been in direct sales since 2008 and I still actively work my business where I help to enrich women's lives and help them to share their products and also share the business opportunity within that scope. Uh, and I have had success there. I continue to help women in that field to be able to be successful. And uh, again, something I'm very passionate about. Uh, my additional business from there uh, is the Green Rose Experience. So while I was in direct sales and I said, hey, this is a great company, a great product line to be able to represent, uh, there's still more to me that I have to offer. Um, so I went to the next best thing that I knew that I was passionate about, which is finding high quality fashions at inexpensive prices. Uh, so I have a company called the Green Rose Experience that I started in 2017, where I travel the world as a thriftologist and I thrift uh, high end quality items, uh, mostly clothing, but I do have some home decor as well. And uh, over the last two years, I have a Facebook live show called the Fashion Kickback Show, where I show these items using a mannequin, uh, helping people to identify how to be able to mix and match prints, how to dress professionally, how to be able to incorporate the new items into their wardrobe, and they have the opportunity to buy them live there on the show uh, that airs two times a week. Uh, in addition to that, um, kind of a theme of mine, I not only want to share products with you, but I really want to be able to affect you mentally, socially, and emotionally. So I have a course that I teach through that business called the Freedom of Fashion. And I typically market that course to uh, church groups, women groups, groups of people who want to be able to uh, dress for the life that they want to live, not just the place where they're at now. So uh, that is an additional service that I provide my clients. I do have subscriptions and I even have a what's called a closet audit where I will come into your home either virtually or in person and be able to kind of shift your closet around so that the things that you love are in there, the things that you're not in love with are out and be able to rearrange some of your clothes so that you can have new outfits and things that speak to the person who you want to be, not the person that you have been for a while. So I know you are a mom as well. How do you find the time? <laughs> yeah, to do a lot of these things. Um, 
It's funny, in my coaching course uh, with 48 Hour LLC, uh, that was actually the last course that I, or the last lesson that I taught was how to manage your 168. Uh, if you don't know, if you've never done the math, there is 168 hours in the week. If you do 24 hours times that seven, that leads you to 168 hours. It's the same 168 hours that the president of the United States have. It's the same 168 hours that Oprah has. It's the same that you have. It's the same that I have. Um, so I really work to maximize that 168 hours by identifying on the front end all of the things that I know I need to do day in, day out. So I know I need to sleep. I know I need to take kids back and forth. I know I have these different businesses that needs time and attention, but I really work to uh, cultivate a schedule that allows me to address all of the things that I need to address. However, also leaving space for me to have uh, mental downtime and to be able to uh, refuel as well. Right, right. Everybody needs that. And I'm a big stickler on having having your mental time because it's a lot of people that bypass that mental time and then they wonder why everything feels so uh, unbalanced in their life. But you always have to take a little bit of break or uh, at least a step back and look at all the things that you've done and accomplished because I mean, it can get, you know, like a routine or mundane and you'll start overlooking things like that, that you've actually accomplished. So, yes. And so I really do. I look at my calendar as my boss. It is the thing that determines day in, day out what I do and what needs to be done. And honestly, if everyone took the activity of the 168 hours and really marked down the stuff that they do, like, you know, identifying how many hours they sleep, how many hours they commute back and forth, how many hours if they're still currently working a job, how many hours they spend at work and all of those things, they'll realize that there is typically anywhere from 30 to 60 hours unaccounted for that you're doing god knows what that could be a more productive use of time so for example even if you did throw in 20 hours of mindless scrolling on facebook people typically still have 30 hours of time in their life where they have no idea what they're doing now right. when it's time for you to goal set or now when it's time for you to you know incorporate things like a gym schedule or you know even adding a therapist and when you're going to reach out to them when you go and look at that full 168 hours and know exactly what goes into that 168 hours you will find that you have a lot more free time on your hands to be able to do the things that you want and accomplish the goals that you've set out to accomplish right right because me myself i was well before i met my wife i was horrible um, as far as like time and being on schedule with everything, but my wife, she's very tight on schedule. Like if it's not on the calendar, it's not real or it doesn't exist. You are so, right. <laughs> so you have to put everything on the calendar with my wife. And so I became accustomed to that and that's how I function now. And I'm trying to get my teenage daughter on board with how to work with the calendar and everything. Once you start working with the calendar, and you realize how much time you have in a day to, to do things, you schedule your day according to that calendar. And mm -hmm. then when somebody comes in, like my teenage daughter who says, hey, I forgot to tell you, I got a dance practice tomorrow. Right. It throws the whole entire calendar off. And then you have to, you know, realign everything to get everything coordinated properly. 
So, yes, I am a big stickler on sticking to the calendar and being on time with everything and trying to get everything nailed down. And sometimes, I mean, you you find yourself tired. (laughs) Just to be honest, you find yourself tired and you have to take a couple of minutes off off schedule just to sit down and say, you know what? I, I feel like I've done enough for today. But, you know, I schedule for that. I schedule for breaks, just like if I was at work. If I was in a traditional work setting, I would get 30 to 45 minutes for lunch. I would get a 15-minute break in the morning. I'll get a 15-minute break in the afternoon. I literally schedule my life as if I was still an employee for someone because I am. I'm just an employee for myself. So, no, I schedule my 15-minute breaks in the morning. And I know at 2.30 in the afternoon, typically, I'm either A, no good to anyone because I'm tired, or B, I'm running around with the children. So I schedule and plan for that and really take the heart of, hey, I can't do anything during this time frame. So uh, if you do find yourself being tired throughout the day, just something to consider. Uh, Add in those breaks that you need. Typically, you're usually tired around that same time or around certain subject matters. Consider scheduling that time in there so that you can release yourself from having your schedule blown off and accommodate the fact that, hey, I typically do get tired and this is when. Now, you can always work through your breaks, no different than in a corporate America job, but release yourself and add those breaks in so that you can have peace of mind and not uh, throw your schedule to the wind (laughs) on a limb. (laughs) That is very true. And and I'm definitely going to take that advice. It's just hard for me sometimes because I'm such a perfectionist about certain things Mm -hmm. that I'll sit there and I'll toy with it. And then before I know it, um, it's like 1230, 11 o'clock. I mean, you know, 1230, one o'clock, two o'clock. And then all of a sudden my wife is like buzzing me like, hey, did you eat lunch today? And I'm like, no, what time is it? And it's like three o'clock. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I haven't ate lunch today. Right. You know? So I, I'm going to take that advice and, yep. and schedule, put it into my schedule. For my clients who I speak to, who are similar to you, I also tell them to set alarms. So, you know, set a 30 minute alarm, do some work, set a 30 minute alarm or a timer, I should say, not an alarm, set a timer, work for 30 minutes. If you see at 30 minutes, hey, I'm at a place where I can shift, take the shift. If not, set it again for another 30 minutes and work on that activity. So with that being said, it still allows you to be focused, but it allows the alarm to kind of jolt you back into reality to see, hey, is there anything in this world outside of what I'm working on that I need to address right now, or can I continue to work here? All of these tools and all of these things, again, are suggestions, but I have seen that when people do use that timer system, or I see them using that break system, that they're more productive because, hey, they know that they're up against a clock, even if they are the one setting the clock. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's factual. So where did your entrepreneurial spirit come from? Oh, it's in my blood. Both of my parents were entrepreneurs, my dad and stepfather. So I only know entrepreneurism. So when I went to work in corporate America, the 
few times I was in corporate America, my family just kind of looked at me like, hey, yeah, so when you're ready, prodigal child, to come back to this world that you know uh, you can thrive in, let us know. So, you know, me working in corporate America was my break from my real life, the way my family kind of looked at it. But it was also necessary. But uh, I've been an entrepreneur as long as I know. I remember creating uh, screenplay remakes. That's what we'll call it uh, in school. <laughs> so I remember there was a stage play that came to town and I was so impressed by that 30 to 45 minute commercial that I enrolled my fourth grade class to be able to reduplicate this commercial. It took 30 minutes and I did calls for auditions and yeah, it was a wow. full-blown production in the fourth grade because I was convinced that this was, like, the most amazing thing ever. So I think it was, like, the Lord to make a way somehow. Some, you know, one of those plays that come that when yeah. the series goes off, that the actors go and they do these plays until it's time for their show to reboot. So, you know, it's been signs like that since I was very little. Uh, I had kittens when I saw that there was an exchange of money for kittens, I started selling kittens. Now, sure enough, <laughs> I didn't realize that, you know, you should love them and keep them. At the time, I was just like, wait, someone, if I give them this kitten, I will get money from it. So, I, I don't think no one from Peter listens to my show, so you're all right. Listen, <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, listen, uh, they can't go after me before they go after Pet Supply Plus or any other place that sells kittens, so I ain't worried. That's but, true. <laughs> but, you know, it, when I saw that uh, idea of product or service could be exchanged for income, the way I looked at things was different. Not because I'm money-driven, because I'm actually very much not money-driven. I'm results-driven. But, uh, you know, money is, is the reward of successful results. Right. So, you know, I I looked at that like, hey, when I was selling the kittens, it made this person really happy. And then I was really happy to get the money that came from it. So, hey, everyone's happy. Everyone got what they want. This is great. And so I took that through high school. In high school, it wasn't necessarily as much as entrepreneurism as far as selling a product or a service, but I did a lot of advocacy. So I served on the city council. I helped our city, the city of Cleveland, the former mayor, when he was a council person, I helped to to serve, to be able to run for the position of mayor at that time. So I have always wow. been working to make sure that someone knew about the information that I thought was useful that they knew how to be able to get access to that information. And I tried to stay until I knew that they got it so that if there was any follow-up questions or anything else that came from it, that I also was there to be able to support it. Awesome. 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 So you, you're like the master of a whole different lot of things. Um, yes. And I know you also too have a, uh, have a degree in architecture? No, I actually do not have a degree officially in architecture. Uh, I took coursework in architecture. So okay. when I started off, so kind of tying it into that entrepreneurialism that I grew up with. So my parents were contractors. So it was only natural that I was either going to be a contractor, an engineer, an architect, or something along that line because they needed that. 
So again, that need to provide services that someone else needed. So I saw that they were always getting blueprints and things for their jobs and that, hey, this is something that if I can learn how to do this, I can be able to provide this service to my family and definitely to others. So I started off, but I wanted to do kind of what the Property Brothers do now, where they go in, they create this uh, this virtual diagram of you what the house could I wanted to do. <laughs> I really wanted to do that. But when I wanted to do that, it was in 2000, where we were just now getting adjusted to cell phones and internet, let alone trying to build a full house on the computer. Right. But I have visions beyond my age, and that was something in 2000 that I wanted to do. Well, guess what? When you have innovation that is something that you want to do, you may need to work a little harder. And you have to also kind of gauge to see, hey, is it worth it or do I go a different direction? So I started off going to school as architecture because I wanted to be an architectural animationist. I'm not sure if that's the official title now, but that was the self-created title I gave myself. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. (laughs) So I wanted to be an architectural animationist. And I'm saying it like that because that's what I told my counselors and they all looked at me like, oh, all right, whatever that is. So I tried to piece it together. I went to school for architecture. That didn't really work out because they wanted me to play in cardboard. And I'm like, I don't want to ever touch cardboard. I want to go straight to the computers. Well, they only had a half of a semester out of a five-year degree program that I was going to work on a computer. So I'm like, okay, this clearly is not going to be the quickest way to get what I need to get done. Right. So then I transferred schools and I went to school for animation. Well, That went well up to the point where they wanted me to draw humans and I can't draw humans. So that sucked. And I remember having a conversation with my counselor. I told him like, hey, this program, as much as I know what I want to do and I'm sold on what I want to do, this is seeming tedious and I don't see how I'm going to be able to be successful. So I remember him giving me a box of Powerpuff Girl cereal. So that just shows you how long ago this was. They only made cereal boxes to go with the new shows that came out. So it was a newer show. Let's not date ourselves. Yeah, (laughs) And, you know, Powerpuff Girls, if anyone watches that show, they're nothing but squares and circles. There's nothing... So he gave me the challenge. He said, I want you to go home and I want you to draw the Powerpuff Girls. If you cannot draw the Powerpuff Girls, then we'll change your major. So in the morning, I became a fashion major because I spent all night trying to draw these squares and circles and make them look like humans. And I couldn't. So I moved on to fashion design because you don't really need to draw a human. You just need to be able to draw some version of straight lines. And I knew the value of fashion and I knew that fashion will never go away. Exactly. That's that's something that my mom actually took up. I remember her going to a school where where the nuns up in New Jersey actually taught the class. And I remember going into this convent when I was little and seeing all these nuns and stuff and thinking that the world is crazy. But they're teaching her fashion design and how to create dresses for models. And and these are nuns. So it didn't make any sense to me because you I was like... You should see my face. Like, I really kind of wish that this was a virtual session because you should see my face, like, so animated in confusion. Like, really? Like, yeah. Yeah, because wow. they used to come pick us up 
they used to come pick my mom up for school. And that was such a blessing at the time because it was just me and my mom. They used to come pick her up for school in this old, like, 1930-something Buick. It was crazy. But it <laughs> it ran like a, like, it was a spinning top. It just ran perfectly. And it, and if I could find that car to this day, I would probably buy that car because I'm pretty sure that car is worth some money the way it ran and the way it looked in the inside. It was just so clean. It was like... Well, there was none, so Jesus himself probably touched it. But yeah. <laughs> there's the truth to that. I'm sure of it. But but anyway, it was just so so crazy to me. And my mom, unfortunately, what happened was when we moved down here, she put the uh designs up in the attic and the roof leaked and oh. wet up all her designs and she just never even looked back. She was she was heartbroken. But, oh, you know, she know. got past it by just never thinking about it ever again. She she doesn't even really talk about her sewing machines or anything like that. Like, she threw them all away. Wow, wow, wow. But, you know, it's it's crazy you kind of segued there that there's so many people whose dreams sit in the attic and things happen to their dreams and they never revisit it. And hopefully someone will listen to this and... Uh, hear my voice say that, listen, that does not mean that you're not meant to do that thing. It just means that, guess what? You needed a clean slate to really get to where you are going. Have you ever had a situation where you dropped something on the floor and when you went to pick it back up, you couldn't quite put it back exactly the way you found it? Like, say it was a puzzle where you dropped it. And you put the pieces together, but when you put it back together, you didn't put it together the same way you did the first time. It was a different perspective. It was a different viewpoint. So I tend to take those situations where, hey, yes, I made a lot of progress here um, and it was erased or it was lost or it was damaged in any way as a sign that, hey, there's truly a different perspective that I need to take. It isn't a deterrent that, hey, I shouldn't be doing this thing is, hey. It's time for me to take another approach to move forward. And some people see it that way or some people think of it. Some people never even think of it that way. So hopefully they'll hear my voice and uh, consider picking up that thing that they thought was a sign to say, no, they shouldn't do it and take it as a sign of no, they just need to look at it differently, but they still have that as part of their purpose in life. Right. Like, for me, I always knew that I was going to be in some form of media. When I was a kid, I actually stuttered. And also, too, I had like a speech impediment where I couldn't say S's and R's. But for some odd reason, they found out when they put me on the stage for like all the plays and stuff, spoke perfectly fine. <laughs> and around like my mid-20s, that's when I thought I knew the world and I was living in some state named Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I was not even being a part of some form of media, anything like that. Like I was doing no stage plays, no entertaining, no improv, no nothing. It took me almost about 10 years to get back into it. When I came back home to North Carolina, I met a couple of people and it was like, hey, let's go do a stage play. And then I got into a church that was like, hey, we're looking for somebody to play this character. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I had a great mentor at the church that I was at who taught me how to operate video equipment. And he was like, you know what? Let me show you how to work it back here and direct and everything like that. Because 
you always want to know how to, how you look in front of the camera. This is how you're going to find out. So he taught me all of them aspects of it. And then I got back into it. Like I did my first uh, stand-up comedy show at a Baptist church. Don't ask me why I did it, but um, it was for kids. And I did my first one there. It went well. It went well. But I'll never do another stand-up comedy show at a Baptist church. And now I currently do uh, improv. So just like you said, just because it doesn't work out the way that you actually thought it would, it's still working. It's still working itself out. Absolutely. Um, I'm doing the podcast now, which I enjoy. I get to crack jokes and chat it up with, with cool people like yourself, you know, and awesome. find out more about different businesses and stuff like that because I love entrepreneurs and startup. Awesome. Awesome. But, you know, it is great that you went back to the thing that you knew you should be doing and could be doing because so many people they don't they go to their nine to five and they let those dreams escape them and next thing you know decades have passed and they forgot that they even loved that thing so um you're some you're one of the few that have had an opportunity to circle back and everyone doesn't get that opportunity so hopefully others will you will continue to do things. I wouldn't say that they don't get the opportunity. They don't give themselves the opportunity. I'll take that. I'll take that. You're right. Sometimes they, they run away in fear of somebody failing. Like I have a niece who actually does modeling and she's getting into acting. And like I told her, I said, you'll find out that a lot of people, if they didn't get successful as far as like acting as a child, they don't really hit it big until like their thirties. Right. They don't really blow up. Look at Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, he he had been around since what? Uh, Forever. Coming to America. <laughs> Before right. that, you know. Yeah. Now he's just getting to the level where he he should be. Right. And he never gave up. He never gave up. So I, I tell people all the time, you know, just because it hasn't happened right now doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. You just got to give yourself the opportunity and the chance to work on it and make it happen. You're right. All right. But yeah, I'm not going to hold you all day <laughs> because I know you are the world's most busiest person. You sure you're not Jamaican? I am positive. <laughs> I am positive, but my other businesses wouldn't, I don't know. I'd be, like I said, between 48 Hour LLC, being in direct sales, the Green Rose experience, and then I even served as the chief operating officer for my husband's company, Black Fist Apparel. So it is a clothing line, an upscale luxury men's clothing line. Uh does have some unisex items and some women items, but it is the replacement, I guess, to the adorned horse that everyone wears uh, when they're in casual settings. There's a fist in that place so that you can be able to represent your melanin when you are uh, going golfing, when you're going to business meetings. Amen. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And if anyone wonders what a chief operating officer is to a company where you're Ooh. Significant other is in it. It means that you do the hard work while they smile for the camera. So <laughs> I definitely do and make sure that he is successful and 
uh, marketing his business, being able to get the products to our clients and to be able to have vision beyond what we're doing so that we can truly have a manufacturer, so we can truly have our brand in stores or create a store setting for ourselves outside of just our online presence. So yes, I definitely am busy, but all of it is busy work that is worth it. And all of it is on my calendar. So as long as it stays on my calendar, we're good to go. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always tell people all the time, you know, just to revert back a little bit, you know, a man wouldn't be nothing without a woman at the end of the day. Because we came out of a woman, <laughs> right? you know, and if you don't have a strong woman backing you up, because I see a lot of relationships nowadays that where it seems like the man and the woman in the relationship is competing with one another. And it shouldn't be like that. Y'all a team. Y'all should be working together for one common cause. Yeah. You and your husband are doing exactly that. So kudos to you guys. And I'm going to make sure I get all the links uh, from you guys and post it on my website this way because I'm always big about making sure we get seen all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's funny that you were talking about, you know, our our partnership. I tell people all the time, I, I was an entrepreneur first and then I became a wife. He was a husband first and became an entrepreneur. And it was through our experiences that he became an entrepreneur. He had dreams just like everyone else. Like, hey, you know, you're helping all of these other people. Hey, I got something that I want to do. And so, you know, it's a balance there where, yes, we're both married to each other, of course. uh, And we're (laughs) both parents and we're both entrepreneurs. But he keeps me grounded from making sure that, hey, you know what, because he's a husband first hey, this needs to be addressed within the home. This needs to be addressed within our situation and uh, things like that. And it helps to keep me grounded. He lets me be the businesswoman that I'm going to be. And he is definitely the husband, but I make sure that I honor him uh, when he sees that there are things that needs to be addressed that I make sure that I am still equally making sure that my children and my home uh, environment is just as structured and supported as my businesses and other business owners. Awesome. Awesome. So for the people in the back that didn't hear it the first time, I'm talking to Rosa from 48 Hour LLC. The link will be in the description as well as on the website. So if you you can't click on either or, let me know. Send me a direct message because she's going to help you get your LLC in 48 hours. Because that's what she says. <laughs> and that's what I, I believe that's what she will do. What I will do. Because she's serious about her business. And I want to support her. Click on the link and get your LLC. Even if it's for flying kites. Yeah. Get your LLC. You might want to put some ad space on that kite. So you might need to get your LLC bank account. <laughs> not, hey, listen, not even that. Think about it with flying kites. As crazy as that sounds, if you have an LLC, now every kite that you buy, you now get to write that off on your taxes. Every time you want to find a new space to fly that kite, you get to now write off that trip to go see that space, whether it was gas mileage or whether it was flying. There's just so many different benefits to having a LLC in place that I think everyone should own a business to one standpoint or another and how you operate it. There's some flexibility there, but everyone needs to have a business to offset their expenses. Absolutely. Yep. Like Jay-Z said, he said it best. 
I'm not a businessman. I am a businessman. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I thank you so much, Rosa, for your time. And definitely, I'm definitely going to probably buzz you back again and have you on again. Oh, probably cool. have some other uh, entrepreneurs on here and let you guys just have at it. And I'm just going to step back. <laughs> yeah, I would love to do what's called discovery session live with either yourself or with someone else so that they can understand exactly what they get. And that's at no cost. They get to have a 30 minute session with me at no cost where I will give them all of the tools that they need uh, to be successful within that conversation. And if they work with me from there, that's great. But if not, I still will make sure that they leave that conversation better off than they were and have a direction on what to do next to be successful. Now y'all hear that, right? You hear that. She said free. So don't run. (laughs) Don't run. Go ahead and click on that link. And remember, like I always say, if nobody told you they love you today, I do. So y'all be blessed. Have a safe weekend. Happy Easter. It's not about eggs. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Rosa. Thank you. You enjoy the rest of your day. You do the same. Bye-bye, Doc. Hi, I'm Kenneth, and this is your support group. Thanks for tuning in.